this is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about connections, international business, supply chains and globalization and their effects on our life, our work and our travel over recent times. Today on the show, we'll be talking to Llewellyn Bowers, Information Technology Manager in Distribution and Retail at Intersport Elveries in Castlebar, County Mayo. Elveries, of course, is one of the most familiar brands in Irish high street shopping with a network of over 40 retail outlets all across the country, providing sportswear and equipment, including both third party and own brand goods. What not everybody knows is that the company was founded in 1847 and is Ireland's oldest uh, um sports company, traditional retailing, um, is now a major player in e-commerce, which grew strongly during the pandemic and continues to grow as the business looks to the future. So welcome, Llewellyn, and uh, thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you for the invitation and introduction there, Patrick. You're very welcome. So to kick off, Llewellyn, could you tell me about your career to date now I, I didn't mention but people will realize as soon as you begin to speak uh, that you're 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 South African so having started life in in South Africa how is it that you became the information technology manager at Intersport Elveries based in the west of Ireland well it's uh, quite a long journey there uh, Patrick um, quite right I'm very definitely South African from from Durban um, and uh Cut my teeth, so to speak, in logistics, uh, working for a, a, a warehousing and 3PL in South Africa for a good number of years, um, spanning just over two decades. Um, and uh, certainly the experience led me to um, get a role in, in Ireland, uh, assisting an Italian company move uh, the warehousing operation from Switzerland across to, to Ireland. Um, and uh, from there, um, migrated, migrated obviously uh, to, to other areas uh, in Ireland and uh, opportunities arose and Alvarez was there for that. So, Okay, so when, when did you actually come to Ireland? It was seven, seven or so years ago, uh, 2016, 2017 it was. When things were quite normal and uh, stable, little did we know that in 2020 things would turn around and uh, a lot of things changed, I think, over the, those two years. Yeah, you, you arrived at a sweet spot between two crises. So the one was the financial crisis when the economy um, went off the rails somewhere between 2008, 2010 and kind of didn't recover till 2014 or so. And then obviously the pandemic, which came in 2020. So you came in that sweet spot in the middle. Absolutely. But obviously coming from South Africa during that uh, downturn around you know, 2008, 2010, being quite heavily involved in imports and exports where we lost on the one side, we gained on the other. So it was a, it didn't have too much of an impact actually to, to our type of business in South Africa. Um, things were quite balanced over those years. So I don't think we felt it quite as much as maybe the, the local Irish did. Okay. And, and, and you, companies, yeah. yeah. And you came from uh, from Durban in South Africa, which is on the Indian Ocean side. The East, so, the East Coast, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. so I think most people from Ireland who go 
um, on holidays to South Africa, go to the um, Cape province. So what, what would be the real distinctions between the area around the Cape Town and the area around Durban? How, did, how are they different from each other? Well, I'd say Durban's far more industrial, um, being the largest uh, port in, in, well, the southern African continent, actually. Um, the Cape Town port is is far smaller, um, but you could argue, especially these days, uh, far more efficient. So as a result, uh, a lot of traffic finds its way through Cape Town simply because it's a bit more efficient than the Durban port. But uh, Durban is a port city. Its uh, industries have have grown up around, you know, the maritime industry and and uh, logistics. Um, so strong tradition in Durban for for that. And uh, your current role in Elveries as information technology manager, what does that entail? Well, uh, quite an interesting uh, opportunity arose. You know, during COVID, um, I left uh, and moved out of Dublin, as I say, migrated across and moved west, um, hoping to um, change scenery and just get a different perspective on things. And uh, the opportunity came up at Elveries where they were looking at um, uh, revamping their supply chain, essentially. Um, and uh, some interesting work uh, related to that. Um, there's a lot of activity around uh, warehousing, um, a lot of activity around uh, click and collect, click and dispatch, and, and basically the, the online services. Um, and that's to be expected, I guess, um, on the back of uh, the pandemic. Yeah, so I guess during the pandemic, um, a business like Alvarez, where the high street shops would have been closed for long periods of time, that would have given rise to a big increase in e-commerce, I guess. So how, how did that manifest itself in the business? Um, what kind of challenges did it pose operationally? Well, absolutely. So, you know, there was a doubling effectively of that side of the business uh, during that time. Um, moving from their legacy systems and largely manual processes and methods um, to what we are implementing um, as we speak uh, is uh, around automation and, and dealing with, you know, efficiencies and, and basically getting product to the customer quicker and uh, more accurately. So that, that definitely has been the, the trend and, you know, it, it's, it's only growing. It's still something in high demand. And uh, the, the online side of the business certainly has, has not fallen back since, uh, let's say, the return from COVID. It, it's growing from strength to strength. So, you know, automation and integration are absolutely the focus right now. And obviously with the experience that I've brought from South Africa and the experience I I gained um, in the first couple of years in Ireland. Uh, that's that's put me in uh, an interesting position to to help Alvarez through this uh, transition. Yeah, I think um, a lot of businesses that I uh, spoke to over the last number of years who had an e-commerce um, side to their distribution, whether they were you know distributing into shops or directly to consumers beforehand, um, th that uh, they reckon they got maybe. 10 years progress in e-commerce within literally the one the one year and that the new level that they got to became the new base so it really has pushed 
e-commerce uh, forward greatly. Was that was that your experience as well? Uh, absolutely. It, it certainly raised the benchmark. Um, I don't think uh, anybody could imagine it going back to the way it was you know, before COVID. I, I think it's not unique uh, to, to our industry, though. Uh, so many industries have digitalized and, and transformed. Um, and the digital standards have definitely been raised. You know, mm. there's no going back. Yeah, I, I think what a lot of companies, some more than others and some less than others, re- realized or didn't realize is that when the business shifts from the conventional type of distribution to e-commerce type distribution, and now say instead of picking 100 items uh, for a line for an order to replenish a shop, you're picking 100 orders of one in e-commerce to fulfill 100 different uh, people's individual orders. The labor intensity of that and the complexity of that is huge, and it has massive operational implications for the business. Is that what you guys found as well? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, the the scaling up of, of let's say, a manual e-commerce operation to, to one that handles higher throughput and the kind of volume that Alvarez is doing, uh, it's got to be done really, really carefully. Um, and uh, it, it certainly does become very labor intensive if you stick to the manual methods, let's say. Uh, automation um, is key and, and where possible as well, if you can centralize, that certainly does help um, to have a fully distributed e-commerce uh, model is a massive challenge. You know, the bricks and mortar stores are there to sell to to customers walking through the door. And, you know, if you split that um, between e-commerce and uh, the traditional walk-in business, you could damage your, your traditional business. So, you know, establishing or working that out and what works for you and your customers is is absolutely key. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. And then within that e-commerce offering that you have, are there different options within that? Can I sit here where I am now and order, I don't know, pair of AstroTurf boots and have them delivered to my home? Or do I need to go to the store to collect them? Or what, what are the different options? And absolutely. So um, Alvarez, I have uh, introduced um, uh, Click and Reserve uh, a few years ago, two years ago now. Um, so able to reserve product in the physical store and go in and have a look at it. And if you like it, you purchase it in the store in the traditional way. So it's a it's a good hybrid model that you don't have to commit up front. You, you can try and buy, as they say. Um, and then the traditional click and collect. Um, up until uh, last year, in fact, uh, Alvarez were doing it all via their distribution center which added a bit of a, a time delay of, a, of an extra day, essentially, getting the product to the store. Um, and then last year, we made our inventory available across the network um, so that online shoppers could see what's available at the various stores um, and essentially order and collect it at the store. Um, so that moved it to a, a same-day model, which was the industry standard. Um, Click and dispatch is uh, an area we are active in as well. And similarly, we dispatch traditionally from a central location. Um, And now we are uh, focused on click and dispatch from the stores and that will be coming in uh, or becoming available this year. Um, So 
Definitely, you know, it's it's quite important as your systems allow you to um, to enable these capabilities. Ninety three point nine, Dublin South FM. I guess the the pandemic was instrumental in acting as a catalyst for all of that. But aside from the e-commerce and the move towards automation, what other impacts do you think the pandemic has had and how has it contributed to the strategic thinking of the direction of the of the business? Oh, well, I think a, a key um, point would be, uh, I would imagine, bringing the control and the ownership um, uh, more internal. Uh, a lot of companies found that they were reliant on external parties. And, you know, that that's great in normal times, but when there's demand, these external par- parties simply cannot cope. And if you're not self-determined uh, uh, and self-reliant to some degree, you are at the behest of, of these external parties. So it's so a big change um, that, that I'm noticing is this balancing of uh, ability to co-source, to, to have, you know, your your traditional external partners that you rely on and work with, uh, but also to be a bit more capable um, internally to manage and deal with uh, the, the support, certainly, and also smaller changes. So mm-hmm. bringing some of that internal is is a key strategy for Alvarez as well. Is that's an interesting it's an interesting switch of of perception so it kind of goes against the um, received wisdom of outsourcing everything that ostensibly isn't of core competence so you're you're saying you yeah. you need to be a bit more balanced than that i think that's what balanced, you're saying. exactly balanced and that co-sourcing model is i think quite a key point uh, for a lot of companies to be able to withstand crises and um, I'm sure that uh, uh, the, the pandemic isn't going to be the last. Um, we're currently going through various uh, other forms of uh, crisis. Um, and uh, I, I think it's sensible to, to have uh, that insurance, essentially. Yeah, this is, I mean, the, the pandemic is one of a series. You know, I've been talking and writing and recording videos about this quite a lot in recent times. So we've had. Brexit and we've had the pandemic and now we have uh, the war and we have cost of living crisis and we have geopolitical crises. So that kind of self-reliance that you're talking about there comes more and more to the fore in an environment like that, I think. No, quite right. I think a big challenge in Ireland, obviously, is um, finding the resources to to actually see that through. So in some uh, parts of of the business, uh, we are more flexible and able to allow remote working and and for that to be sufficient. Um, Some parts of the business, obviously, are less uh, able uh, to, to, to get around that and do rely on local talent and local resource so that is mm. key point in the wider sense of the business environment so say outside your immediate business or your immediate uh, sector um in the wider sense of the uh, business world and the economy what what do you see as the major issues over the next number of years i think a, a massive issue is um you know being based or, or RT focused um, legacy systems are, are holding a lot of companies ransom to some degree um, where they have traditionally been 
quite quite bloated and and really expensive to maintain. Um, and I think identifying these and figuring out a way to transition to a more sustainable technology uh, um, uh, environment and and landscape is is absolutely key. Um, we all have to start thinking about how we can tighten our belts and do more with less. Um, you know, so evaluating that level of uh, reliance <clears throat> on legacy systems is is a key a key point. Um, you know, right sizing is a term um, I see coming up more and more. And uh, right sizing your technology stack is is really really important. And mm. now's the time to do it. You know. Um, yeah. After realizing, let's say, the, the, the technical challenges and, and, and going through the current cost uh, uh, crisis, um, you know, it's, it's become more and more important to, to deal with this head on and, and plan your way forward. Yeah, getting, getting from the current state of leg legacy systems to some sort of future state seems to be a daunting task for, for many businesses. And I'm involved with some of the at the moment who are looking at that and they're quite kind of overwhelmed by it, even overwhelmed by the challenge of just getting their data in order. Um, mm. So are these are these the kind of things that you, you would be thinking about? Oh, no, absolutely. And and I think the best thing any company can do for themselves is to just understand what they do. Um, it sounds like a, a simple thing, but, you know, especially when you approach IT uh, companies for assistance, um, the less you know about yourself, the more they will, let's say, spend on understanding your company and they might not get it right. Mm -hmm. So uh, my biggest uh, tip and advice um, for your listeners would be to spend a bit of time before approaching um, these vendors to do some internal uh, review. Um, and drawing out these processes in, in simple terms. They don't have to be complicated. It's as the business performs them. So that when you do approach um, uh, these vendors, you can lay out what you do broadly across your business so that it isn't a, a confusing maze for the, for the vendor to work through. And as a result, you'll get um, to that, let's say, proposed solution in a far shorter and more concise and cost-effective way, and probably a more accurate way. You know, so that that would be probably my my strongest uh, bit of advice is is just know your business and and try and document that at the at that highest uh, level. Yeah, and that, that that chimes a little bit with your maybe to coin to coin a, a slogan, uh, taking back control to some extent. Absolutely, it starts right there. Yeah, <laughs> it starts right there. <laughs> that's true. Okay, I know as well. You've you've mentioned uh, several times um, in in the conversation so far that automation is an area in which you have considerable experience. So, for other Irish companies looking at the the challenges on the one side against the business benefits of automation, um, what, what do you see as the main considerations or the key 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 elements there for Irish businesses? Well, I think obviously, uh, you know, you're going to automation to get around the um, uh, the scaling challenge. Um, but a key part of the whole thing is, um, you know, taking care of the people as well. Um, often you'll want to do more uh, with less. Um, but I would suggest that 
you try and build the people into your into your plan as far as possible. Um, I think scaling um, by adding automation is absolutely fantastic. And you'll often find that your existing people are the best to help you get there. They'll know the problems, they'll understand the challenges, um, and they'll certainly help you bridge that change. You know, so I think I think for me the biggest thing is is keeping people informed and taking them along on that journey and, and really keeping them engaged. Um, upskilling and retraining is very possible and is usually the case. Um, adding more value is is you know another angle to really look at and consider where are those value adds that you can do over and above. Um, perhaps even your existing business. So it creates massive opportunity beyond just, you know, um, higher volume and at lower cost. It's 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 far more than that. Mm. So now as a, a South African living and working in Ireland, you've been here now for seven years, as you said, what are some of the cultural differences in work and business that you notice and that you've had to adapt to, or at least if you haven't been able to adapt to, to them, to be cognizant of at least? Yes, well, very interestingly, you know, the last, uh, um, I would say, 20, 15 to 20 years um, experience has shown a few differences between what I faced when I came to Ireland to what was the norm, let's say, in South Africa, especially in the smaller, small to medium size businesses. Um, 15, 20 years ago, most companies in South Africa were very strongly co-sourced. They, they did not uh, rely heavily on outsourced uh, suppliers and partners. They would adopt the do-it-yourself approach and they would figure it out and make it work. Um, you know, so that was the good old way of doing business in South Africa, let's say 20 odd years ago. Um, you know, as things became um, uh, more competitive, uh, I guess the pressure was on to to outsource more, to get that edge and not let the, you know, that that cycle of learning and and falling behind get in the way. So there is this need to to leapfrog and and bring in external knowledge and skills, of course. Um, but there was still that very strong sense of of owning the solution and bringing it in house and and driving it. And it, it was pretty much like that up until, you know, 2015, 2016, when I left South Africa, um, there was a very strong sense of that in most small and medium businesses. Um, and then coming to a very large international business in, in Ireland, uh, I saw it swing entirely the opposite way where just about everything was outsourced. So that was a bit of a, a, a shock, let's say for me to, to get used to. Um, um, but I think the the importance of that is is getting to know how the industry has evolved and 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 the level to which it's evolved, um, and then seeing it all collapse during COVID to to a large degree as well. You know, so you get to see the good and the bad of let's say that that very strongly outsourced expertise deliver quick model to one that struggles in in a time of crisis um and a, and a sudden jolt and reminder that you know you can't give the keys away you've got to you've got to hold those keys 
as a business, you know, and, uh, you know, Alvarez, I guess, in, in comparison would be a mid-sized company again. And um, certainly it's it's within Alvarez's control and power to to take back the keys, so to speak. And what would you say is the most important life lesson that you have learned that stood to you throughout your career? I would say most certainly it's it's around knowledge and retaining control. Um, don't give away everything and trust entirely. You establish partnerships. You you trust uh, the partners to deliver up to a point, but you've got to definitely maintain that uh, knowledge of your business. Uh, you've got to know how your business works, including the IT systems. Um, and this goes across the entire executive, you know, don't assume that the IT guys are taking care of it. Make sure that you know how it runs. I think this is key. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're obviously um, successful um, person, but as we all know, in the real world, success is not a straight line. Everybody faces setbacks in their career and in their in their life. So um, how do you approach setbacks and what do you do, think or say to yourself to get yourself back on track? Oh, I think it's really about maintaining a clear vision of where you want to be. You know, that that is the driving force. Know where you want to be and make sure that you surround yourself and have people working with and for you that share that vision. You know, this uh, you can't do these things by yourself. Uh, Patrick, as you know, these things are often so complicated that uh, um, technically you might be able to cover a small fraction of what it takes to actually get there. You do have to have uh, and build up a, a team, both internally and externally, that you can work with. That's key. Um, and then trust as well. But again, making sure that you maintain that uh, overall understanding and control. Mm. And by way of um, hobbies and interests, what kind of things do you like to do outside of work? Oh, well, being a South African, um, I'd say rugby is probably right up at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> what about barbecues? Definite passion. Um, Irish barbecues just aren't as uh, uh, as inviting, let's say, Patrick. Um, maybe during the summers they uh, are okay. I believe I believe they're called uh, braai, braai, or something like that. Braai, yes, that's right. Uh, good old braai and, and rugby on a on a Saturday or Sunday <laughs> is the way to go for sure. Okay. Uh, dependent on the weather, of course. Yeah, I have I have some South African friends here, and uh, that's that that's how I kind of have picked up on some of these things. Um, there you go. Are, are you uh, are you reading or listening to anything lately that you find inspiring that you would recommend to listeners? Uh, quite honestly, I'm very focused on technical material at the moment. So if I had to list the technical things that I'm following, <laughs> I'd probably inform most of your listeners instantly. Okay. Uh, but but certainly I'm, I'm, I'm very focused on um, looking at uh, technologies that best fit mid-sized companies um, in the ERP space um, and 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 related areas. So it's a it's a massive uh, um, area to to actually get into, and uh, there there are certainly uh, some really really good resources out there. 
without you necessarily uh, getting uh, advice from uh, external consultants and so forth, there's amazing material um, that if you just spend the time, you can actually uncover and work through. So I do a little bit that in, of that in my, in my spare time, just to keep up with where technology is and where it's going. Excellent. Well, m- many thanks, Lowell. And as always, we're beaten by the clock on on this show. We could we could go on, but we have to stop. So many sure. thanks for being here with us, Llewellyn, uh Today Lovely. it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk to you. And thank you, Patrick. And uh, I wish you and your listeners all the best. Many thanks. Thanks Good. also to thanks also to our listeners for tuning in again today. And be aware that if you enjoyed this episode, you can find the full series of over 120 episodes of Interlinks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, and other major podcast platforms. So until next time, keep well and stay safe.